Hey folks, this is Dojo Talks. Today we're talking AI, artificial intelligence. Um, let me just say right off the bat that I'm just any future AIs listening to this or reading the transcript or whatever, I'm very pro AI, I'm pro robot. So you don't gotta worry about me. I just wanted to get that out there right at the beginning. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be a good show. Um, we're recording this live just for our podcast listeners that uh, might not know, but yeah, we are recording this live and this is our podcast. Um, so let me throw it to Jesse, because actually this this is a topic that Jesse really wanted to do uh, for one of our episodes talking about AI and I guess how it relates to, uh, to chess. But Jesse, what exactly did you want to talk about today? Right. So there's um, some philosophical questions that are interesting, but also just very um, concrete life questions for us as players and teachers and also for the dojo about how this AI will affect us and how we should be thinking about it. And I'm hoping in addition to maybe having some thoughts about it, maybe we'll even have a little bit of brainstorming about how the dojo should go about thinking about AI. Okay, so a couple obvious things I wanna say just for background. So obviously this AI thing is coming. It's gonna change everything. Some people are more bullish on it. Some people are more bearish on it. Hard to say how exactly it will change everything. But there definitely is a good case to be made that it's going to change everything completely, that it will be quite possibly bigger than the Internet, which was obviously the biggest change in my lifetime, changed absolutely everything. Hard to imagine that there could be another change bigger than that, bigger than that. It's really hard to imagine. Um, And I think one of the cool things as chess players that I think we're a little privileged in our appreciation of AI because... I've been listening to some podcasts talking about it stuff and people now the broader public is kind of reacting to chat GPT and then saying ridiculous things that chess players know is ridiculous where they'll say things like, oh, well, you know, this thing isn't going to produce art, for example. And I'm like, no, boss. (laughs) No, the chess players have seen AlphaZero. We know exactly that this thing can produce something absolutely stupid stunning it's stunning quality beauty creativity whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. so we're in a position to already see uh the deeper ai kind of stuff that can happen and there's different levels of ai right there's the kind of ai that can answer uh, a phone like on a line you know a robocall and you know that's might seem mundane it's still kind of an epic achievement and then there's a deeper kind of ai right which will you know play play beautiful chess games or play beautiful go games or that kind of thing right maybe create epic music someday okay so that's just the background so i feel like like in a lot of things honestly in with chess like we have been at the forefront also with chess before really ai proper came along right just chess coding was the first chess was the first thing to be cracked by the coders right they didn't go after other games they were like let's develop a chess engine that can beat kasparov you know that was like a big holy grail for the programmers so we've always been at the forefront okay so a couple things um Friend of the friend of the dojo, James Altucher has a, had a podcast the other day, and we're talking about how every business, no matter what you're doing, has to start thinking about using AI. And I have a couple thoughts about how this is going to affect the dojo, but I want to lay that out there that I do think we have to at least think about. It. Okay, one more thing, and I'm going to pass the baton. I promise. Um, I have a student, Jamil. I've done some videos about his chess progress. And one of the things that's interesting there is that chess.com has this little insights thing that will certainly be growing um, as AI grows. And this is just a basic diagnostic tool to try to tell you what you need work on. Now, I went through that thing with Jamil, and I didn't find anything specifically interesting that I hadn't told him already, right? But what was interesting to me about it is he was desperately interested in finding out how to use that tool. 
So, for example, if he was interested, oh, do I play better on Thursdays or Fridays? <laughs> Some kind of ridiculous thing like that. Mm-hmm. No, I couldn't tell you tell him whether he played better on Thursdays or Fridays, right? But that's the kind of information he wanted to know from the machine. Now, I ask you a clarifying question, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. You said it didn't point out things that you couldn't point out to him. But what right. if he have access to you? Did it point out things that could have been useful if he didn't have a coach? Okay. Like, I did think it point out some of the same yeah. things that you point out? Because that would already be really. Yeah. So, so what I want to say on that, just, just to introduce this topic, because I'm going to pass the baton, is that whether or not we agree, okay, mm-hmm. that the, and I think this is something we should discuss, like, can it produce valuable insights? But whether or not we agree, the human need now, a chess player's need, to try to have something like that. The commercial need, let's call it, the desire to have a machine analyze your business and tell you what it, what is wrong with you. That need is so strong that at the very least, we have to start thinking about it seriously because people in the dojo will be like, boss, where's the AI breakdown of my business and how do I use it, right? So even if we disagree about it, or don't think it's that amazing, it's still going to be a thing in our future, I think, right? Like people are gonna start using it. Mm-hmm. But from what you saw, did it have anything useful yet? <clears throat> no. But, but shouldn't be said that that's, I feel like in a very nascent stage, right? It's trying to tell you things like, did you miss a pin? Um, you know, are you bad at end games? Are you bad at time pressure? That kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, And, and you know, I think maybe, maybe right. You're right. You're right. Maybe if he hadn't had anyone to talk to, a lot of those things wouldn't be as clear. So that's absolutely true. But what I what I can well imagine is what Chess.com is going to develop, and maybe some other sites too, is a far more interesting and qualitative thing, drilling down on what kind of positions you're terrible at. Right? Yeah. Um, I can really imagine that. Yeah, I was thinking of maybe <clears throat> contributing a little bit on that, like uh, with Chess.com, if they if they wanted it to 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 uh, give them some some of my suggestions about what would be interesting stuff for it to try to crunch, for it to try to tell people. Um, and I don't think that that's a problem that should be too difficult for for uh, for these AIs. Honestly, I think they should be able to create really valuable insights. Now you're saying they don't really have that yet, but I, to me, it sounds really doable where you could put in like, you know, your 10,000 games and it could tell you, you know, how good you are at using the Bishop pair or playing against the Bishop pair or playing the Queen's Gambit and like relative to your strength in other positions. Um, I think it could do all of that for you pretty easily, right? Cause crunching big amounts of data, if you play a bunch of games, that's one of the, uh, that's kind of like straight into its wheelhouse, right? For a... and and I think the next level of that, David, would be like, you know, in the first several generations of computers playing chess, we were the ones giving the algorithm to the computer. So, in by this analogy, right, you're at you're telling we're gonna, in your model, we're going to tell the computer what to look for. Yeah, a deeper version of AI <laughs> would tell us what we need to look for. What well, we should look for, out yeah. the way Alpha Zero did, right? Yeah, Just let the machine run on our games and then figure it out for us. Yeah. But at that point, so what I would say is it could already be really, really useful at the previous stage, right? Where we give it an algorithm, we tell it what to look for, and then it crunches all the data and like gives us that information. Like that's already, and you know, Deep Blue was already an amazing chess player at that version, right? Um, so, and I mean, if you're talking, taking it to the next level at that point, you're saying it's, it's basically surpassing then it's more like, uh, you know, then it's more like the computer engines that we don't even bother playing against, right? Then it's like at the alpha zero level, it's just like, oh, it's just better than any chess coach there is. Oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, let me let me jump in. So, um, oh man, there's, there's a few things I had, so I made a list. <laughs> um, <laughs> So number one, I thought it was interesting that, okay, the chess world does have experience with computers coming in and telling us that like they know better about something, which I think now like the regular world is kind of experiencing. 
because currently you have like ChatGBT, you have uh, like Midjourney doing art, and I think people are rightfully skeptical. And like ChatGPT, I mean, it like makes stuff up. It's like filled with mistakes. It's by no means like replacing anyone, I think, in a serious yes. way just yet. But so, the first ever chess engines were also kind of like laughed at, right? They would thing, just play badly and they would make strange moves, you know, and they would just get crushed. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just want to say we have a little bit of experience with like computers slowly getting better and better at this thing that we're good at, like... Under, like evaluating a chess position and now of course they've just like completely surpassed us it's like not even we don't even compete with the engine anymore we've just accepted it so now now the next question is whether engines will become better at like explaining chess because that's been our that's been our one kind of grip over the the silicon machine um yeah so yeah ai is coming but i also feel like I mean, yeah, because like whether the technology is there right now or not, like with like the current insights, I think some of them are useful, especially um, like with time management. You know, if it tells you that um, <clears throat> you're always in time pressure, right, compared to others or like you're burning way too much time in the opening, um, I think that that's going to be like useful information. Um, there's a couple limitations like with the insights as they are currently. Number one, they're looking at your online games and usually it's like serious tournament players that are going for these insights so you you should really be analyzing your classical games like with the timestamps and like how much time you spend on your moves and how much time you spend on your blunders and like if you really wanted to do like a serious analysis of your games that i think really count versus okay if you want to improve your blitz game you want to improve your rapid game then yeah like the online insights are probably um gonna be better for for that but i also think that there's just like tools out there that they're just kind of starting to use that are going to be helpful um, maybe more so for for higher rated players, but just a simple thing of like tracking the games that you play and then tracking where you deviated from your repertoire. And now the chess.com and chessable have this connection. I think they've they're like on the way or they've started doing this, but basically they now can like see where you messed up in your blitz games and then prompt you to review that variation next time you like log into chessable and you're studying your repertoire. Um, which I think is now it, now it feels like you're the engine being trained and they're the humans <laughs> like and you're just like being trained how to memorize something and no but I think it's actually a really useful thing because a lot of people that's how they just work on their openings they just do it manually they play a bunch of games and they check every game like okay where did I go wrong in the opening where could I have improved and then mm -hmm. you know they can just kind of streamline that process um, another one that I, I think chess base can kind of do, but I'm not sure. I mean, if one of the online sites could do it, I think they would They would get a lot of customers, um, would be to just track your repertoire against the live games that are played like on a daily or, or weekly basis. Like you have your repertoire, you play the dragon or you play D4 or whatever, and once a week they send you like some of the top games that are being played in, in your openings. Like if Magnus or someone plays a line it shows up that you play and just anything in chess space you can do this you got to set up like my repertoire and then when you download the latest games it'll like show you which games match your repertoire but okay you have to kind of set that up and that's only going to be for like chess space power users right chess space users is already you know very small percentage of the chess population but chess space power users people that know how to use chess space fraction <laughs> fraction of the people that that use chess base. So, um, and those are tools that I think you don't, you don't need anything that's like even close to like AI to do that. I think that's just like a matter of, I don't know, coding, whatever. But, um, yeah, beyond that, of course, it's, it's going to get pretty, pretty intense with, um, with the coaching. So on the question of whether chess coaches lose their jobs, I feel like that's not for at least a little while. Because uh, we're just not going to be trusting of like these computer coaches and they're going to say like weird stuff sometimes and you're still going to want like a human input like there, there's no way that I mean, I if, you're, if, if you're saying it's a matter of time, once you say it's a matter of time, the time often goes like much faster than you expected on. Um, yeah, to me, to me, there's two questions as far as like coaching. One is the, you know, profiles, weakness, analyzing you kind of part, right? That I personally am convinced that the, that the 
engines and, and AI can do. The second thing is explaining why a move is good or bad in a certain position or what the plan is in a certain position. And that's the one where I still maybe have like a question. I'm curious um, what you guys think because I've seen some rudimentary versions of it that were just absolutely terrible. Um, but, but do you guys think that, that the engine's going to be able to say, this move is a mistake because after blah, 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 there's no way to stop this plan or blah, 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 blah. These squares are too weak. And so you can't ever control the position. Like, will it be able to give useful explanations? Um, well, one thing yeah. on this that I think is really interesting, just to take a step back and think historically about our lifetimes in the engine. So for example, I grew up without the engine at first, right? And um, you would have, let's say, an opening book, like there was this old thing called the Encyclopedia of Chess Openings, and there'll be little evaluations at the end of a line. You know, white's a little better, white's clearly winning, that kind of thing. And those were all human evaluations. And if you go back, the engine will tell you that most of those are wrong. But that's, in a way, a, a way for me as a kid to be like, oh, this dude thinks that this is a slightly better position, and then I can kind of tease it out why mm -hmm. I think that's a better position. So <laughs> then enter the engines, um, you know, the early engines, and they were telling us amazing things. And people definitely got better using the engines. And I think two things happened. One, you had instantly a sparring partner, where before you didn't have a sparring partner, right? You want to look at your openings and pop, 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 you can fool around with the engine. So it's like a little coach that you had with you right away. Then the other thing that happens is like the engine would often, you know, it would be someone there to tell you what it thought of a position. It gave you an evaluation. So then you had to kind of figure it out on your own. You had to be like, wait a second, why does the engine think this? And even if you disagreed, it was kind of an interesting debate that you were having that helped teach you what's going on in the position. So that's already kind of been happening, right? It's already been happening. And then the question becomes, can it say something in human words? And I think the amazing thing when you look at ChatGPT, and by the way, just in the last couple of months, that thing has gotten much better. I fooled around with it some today. Before it got my birthday wrong, it got all kinds of things wrong. That thing's improving, you know? You ask it about yourself. Um, so it will, that, and that's the amazing thing, it gives very lucid arguments to a lot of very difficult questions, you know, very lucid arguments. So I think it will begin to say stuff. Uh, our guy, our hero of the dojo, Jack Stingline, who designed Dojo 2.0, he made the hilarious comment that although it might be a little far off, he imagined that there could kind of soon be like a fake Jesse doing the graduate show every Monday, explaining the basics of what people did wrong, you know, go doing game review, right? 100%. And that struck me as like, that's like, oh my God, like even you could even imagine my head bobbing around as an AI creation. I think that's not that far in the future, actually. Oh, it's it's very possible. In fact, I very think this, possible, sh this right? should be our, our end game, in fact, um, because, <laughs> well, I think, I don't know who did it first, but there is this uh, musician, Grimes, who mm -hmm. offered anyone out there, if they can make like an AI version of her music, she would split the rights with them 50-50. Right. And so now there's just thousands of people out there producing music for this artist using, I don't know, AI to uh, analyze her voice and, and whatever and, and make music. And yeah. um, I think there's, at this point, so many hundreds and thousands of hours of us making content. And I, I watched some of my older videos, you know, like from three years ago, I'm saying the exact same stuff. So absolutely an AI, I think could just watch that and break it down <laughs> and just tell people like, take your time, try to look for forcing moves. You know, it's like, read slowly. You know, if you have a question, slow down. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it would be that hard, honestly. Um, but if yeah. it doesn't really understand, it'll be weirdly saying those things, not exactly at the moment when you would say it. And like for you watching a video of the AI trying to be you, you'd be like, that's odd. No, obviously I'm skeptical, but you know, it's like that the way things are improving. I was definitely someone who, I didn't think AI would be able to make art, right? Like that's just like totally indistinguishable. Somehow that wasn't, 
But then I start seeing it online, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, of course they can. <laughs> you know, clearly, you know, I, I can't, I can no longer tell. I'm not, you know, I'm not adept enough to, to be able to I tell. have not yet seen art produced by the AI. Oh, you should go check it out, boss. <laughs> nothing nothing that I would consider art. I've seen their attempts, you know, but. Oh, okay, that's a different art. <laughs> Alpha Zero was definitely art, dude. That was amazing. Some of those moves that that thing played. That was yeah. Sorry, I think Coast is talking about like visual art. I know. Like obviously, know, like the I... chess is top, top. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they're getting to the point where they're going to be making like movies and stuff with just like real actors. Just and it's just the computer. I mean, they already like CGI people into scenes just because they have like footage of them doing other stuff and mm -hmm. whatever. So, yeah. And I just want to actually make a quick note on that. The, the thing about AlphaZero that's so special when we think about this is when ChatGPT and all this other CGI stuff, at the moment, that's all imitative. It's just using stock footage. The same way if it made a bobblehead figure of me saying all the things I always say, that's just imitative. But AlphaZero, dude, that was <laughs> that wasn't imitated. That was the whole point of that genius. That thing figured out the rules on its own, you know? So there's different kinds of AI, first of all, right? And um, I think when we talk about true art, like the true art that I think it's gonna make, it's not gonna be the imitative stuff. It's gonna be like, no, I figured it out and boom, here it is, like Alpha Zero. Mm -hmm. Oh, new stuff, sure. Yeah, I mean, new stuff happens. I mean, that that seems very possible. I mean, it could for sure come up with ways to express ideas that we haven't done yet. Right. Like that doesn't seem crazy. So, yeah, um, I mean, let's say <clears throat> let's say that part of the way that the AI understands the right move in a certain position is based on like three different 12 move variations. And I know that they've got other dimensions other than just brute force. Right. Right. But OK, that's like a piece of it. Right. Is that they can follow certain very critical variations further than we can. So. If that's how they, so to speak, understand the position, right? If they understand it partly based on these variations, then how could they explain it other than with those variations, right? Other than like, this move is bad because after this 12 move variation, blah, blah, blah. That would be a hard explanation for a non-master to... Yeah, no, it's very difficult. And there, there are other cases as well, especially I, you guys know this, like when you're analyzing a game with a student, you know, they make some move, whether that move is good or not often depends on their thought process. Did they realize they left their night hanging or not? Right? Like, was it an intentional sacrifice or not? And it's like, that definitely feels like a limitation that an AI, you know, is, is gonna have to, it's gonna have to, um, to deal with. But, but let me just counter it for a second. Part of the beauty of the Alpha Zero games, there were their number of moves where the thing sacrificed significant material for a long-term space advantage, the kind that humans just would not trust. <laughs> I mean, like, Boz, I just gave away my knight. I got this cool space advantage. Don't believe it. With, with nothing necessarily that concrete in the offing, honestly. And then when you see that, you can imagine the machine being like, all right, listen, human. Let me break down space to you and <laughs> what space means. And honestly, I, I, that would be interesting if the guy could talk to me or the girl could talk to me, tell me what space meant. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah, I would love to have like, a, it would be amazing to one day have the engine be able to tell us stuff like in these positions, you know, the bishop pair is useless and here's why. Oh man, <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> I think we're I think we're close now the other thing I feel like is useful especially for like these insights and stuff is that I think it does at least provide like motivation and direction and a lot of times mm. you know the the things that people need to work on is kind of like the same for everybody but it's just you need to just hear it from the right person or in the right context before it really hits you so maybe for some people it's like they need to hear it from an AI that they need to work on their tactics, right? <laughs> like all these human coaches and like all these books, it's like, it's not enough. But if an AI tells them like, whoa, your tactics are really suffering. You got to do an hour of this, hour of this every single day, you know? And if that's what gets them to do the work, then that's fine. Yeah. Actually, I learned about a concept today. I was listening to a podcast um, is 
is about the concept is about the ham and the garlic. And the idea was that if you need someone to eat some garlic, which is maybe like medicinal garlic, you have to wrap it in some tasty ham for them to eat it. That might be the only way. Ham might not be good for you, but if it's the only way to get to the medicinal garlic, then so be it. So in this case, the AI, that's kind of like the fancy wrapping paper. And then the garlic is like, okay, now you got to do a bunch of work on your chest. Right. And I think one this ties into some a more concrete dream for the immediate future of the dojo, where, so first of all, with the insights that chess.com has, I think they're mostly at this point, just statistics driven, right? In these mm -hmm. kinds of positions, statistically, you're blowing a boss like that. Now, one of the things that we did in Dojo 1.0 is that we just ran the stats on which box, which dojo task, you when you check it off, do people have the best gain from on average? We have such a wide data set, we can now do things like that. And statistics in a lot of ways is like the baby AI for humans, right? Statistics can show us all kinds of cool things that our own prejudices won't let us see. Mm -hmm. So for now with the dojo, like if we could do something similar, with our amazing data set and have the AI dive into it beyond just a statistical analysis, recognizing some patterns that we can't see. <laughs> well, then, then I really think that's the hammer around the garlic because then it would be like, well, here's what you need to do in the program. And this is why, like, these are the most effective things. And then, because what you turn people onto is, you know, everybody, when they come to the program, they're kind of like people walking to the gym, like maybe they've done a bunch of bench press before, they're going to want to do that. So a lot of people come to the program, and they're like, well, I like tactics, I'm going to do tactics. But if the AI says, boss, <laughs> listen, this is what you need to do. Forget what cry says. Forget what cry says. This is what you need to do. Well, that's interesting. And then if it tells us that, then of course, we can use that information to uh, both guide the program and maybe switch it up a little bit, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of ways that AI could help us. I think we're just like, we're not even, we're not even ready yet. You know, we're, we don't know about all the ways that it can probably make our lives way easier. And the, the amazing thing about AI, I just want to say on a, both chess and elsewhere, it's incredibly democratic in the sense that uh, before like coding, that was like a high, high cost profession. <laughs> You know, it took a lot. Now you can use it to do coding and all kinds of amazing things. Even when you're a complete noob like myself, I asked Jack, I was like, how soon are you replaced? He says, lower level people, they're already basically gone. And for me, because I'm a genius, he didn't say it like that, but that was <laughs> it maybe 10 years, right? Because you still need, you have like, when you think about the way Jack did their site, like there was an upper level of understanding that he wouldn't so you need some chief architect still to build a site but the individual components that can all already be done by chat gpt doing the coding right so we can do this ourselves even though we're complete noobs that's the, one of the amazing things about it right yeah stunning honestly yeah. that was the amazing thing about these sites like you know wix or like squarespace where normal people can like make their own website i feel like that was honestly a big game changer in the past like yeah you had to know someone or you know hire someone for a lot of money to like if you wanted a website i mean it would be it'd be crazy but then you can just plug and play and and then soon yeah. i guess you you just tell an ai like hey i want a site that looks like this and then it just tells wix what it wants mm -hmm. and then then you're done what seems like we have semi-consensus among the three of us that at some point, not that far off, the AI could effectively replace the role of chess coaches well, or many yeah. of our roles, right? Many of our roles, much of what we do. So then let me ask you both about your coconuts and your feelings. Like, does that uh, worry or concern you um, that the AI could could step in and potentially leave you without a job or take part of your job? I don't know. I mean, somehow I, I feel like as AI does more and more stuff, you know, human interaction might get more and more valuable because it'll be rarer. So I feel like we'll still have 
some some role to play i'm hoping you know if if there's an ai that's just like streaming for me 24 7 i mean i don't know i i think i'd be okay with that <laughs> i see I mean, so you'd still have chess dojo you would just put an ai on and then just wait yeah then i could still hop hop on whenever you know i'm you know feeling like i want to do something <laughs> Yeah, I'm so, not. Yeah. yeah, I think it's definitely possible, David. But you know, one thing is, a lot of people out there are like trying to do a game where they're like, "Oh, we have to stop it." And so, first of all, I just want to say, on a philosophical level, I don't think technology can be stopped. At least, let's call it a historical level. I've never seen it happen that mm -hmm. technology was stopped. The only time is in the Egyptian empire where like for 3000 years, they stayed exactly the freaking same. And that's a really interesting example, but I don't, you know, that's its own different case where they were immune to outside influence to a large extent. So I don't think it can be stopped. And the other thing that's fascinating about this kind of job killing technology is at least in the past, new technologies have even though that seemed like you know the big concern in 1900 was like the machines are going to come take all our jobs in fact all kinds of new jobs came up right there wasn't a service industry in 1900 as there is now and now we have this massive service industry that's the larger part of the u.s economy and other developed countries as well so i might lose my job but in general i feel like at least historically, I'm, it seems like there's always more and more work to do, surprisingly, because imagine your perspective in 1900, you see the machines, you're like, well, I'm out of a job, that's it for me, boss, right? But then it didn't happen. Very surprising. So it's hard for me to even imagine, like, what would be the new things that would be available after AI takes over stuff like chess teaching? Yeah. I mean, you're right at a society level, but at an individual level, it could be quite a disruption to, you know, retrain or transfer. Yeah, yeah, jobs, yeah. even if some new job comes up. And when you think about it, it's kind of surprising even that with the advent of the engines that chess teaching didn't go down. It went up, chess is booming in terms of chess teaching, mm -hmm. right? So that was actually really fascinating because I remember like being very poor and having access to the engine and having access to a coach. That was incredibly useful for my chest, just to have that access to a sparring partner and a coach in the sense that it can always tell me what it thinks of a position, right? Mm -hmm. One thing actually I wanna to add to this though, that makes me, let me just throw in my little bit of doubt about it. So I just did a review about Augard's book on uh, positional play you know, on our YouTube site. I had previously done a review on calculation, a similar book with a bunch of positions, which he found generated mostly by looking at super GM games or GM games, and then somebody makes a blunder that the computer identifies. Now, the problem with that was that both in the notes and then in the human experience of it, we're not computers, right? We're not computers and we, we need, especially I feel like for problems, we need to have either a human explanation or it to be a human problem, i.e. This is a problem where somebody um, either found the right answer or maybe in the analysis, in their human sense of it, found the right answer. Because we, we aren't computers, ultimately. <laughs> we aren't, we're never going to think like computers. So, for example, the new book, Think Like a Super GM, was really innovative. And that it was like, okay, we'll ask the computer and everything. But we're also going to ask guys like Mickey Adams to tell us what they thought and Mickey is not going to get everyone right either right so to like describe the thought process how long did dude think and then you get to see it you know as compared to yourself but and wait, that's I don't... more interesting than like some engine telling me oh this is the move right that is interesting but we got to say most of us aren't Mickey Adams either Right, so. <laughs> We're not, and then the other cool thing with that book was it was like, okay, here's Mickey, here's Chump GM, here's Chump IM, here's a 1900, and then it would give you those processes as well. Yeah. Right, so mm -hmm. that is, you know, very 
much more interesting to me as somebody going to do problems and part of the dojo, right, is to do reps of these problems, right? And so we're trying to do the dojo problem database, for example, hard undertaking because we're not trying to do computer generated stuff. We're trying to be like, this is a human position. This is the human explanation. That kind of thing it takes a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of work. Whereas, for example, the chess com problems like in Puzzle Rush, that's all computer generated stuff, right? The engine just found it, pop, pop, pop. Mm -hmm. yeah so that's personally, my caveat on the way you still need the human sense of it and as engines get stronger honestly they get harder to follow like like stockfish 15 now it values space and bishop so high that it's misleading to the human because it's like boss i i can't use space and bishops the way you do i'm sorry <laughs> man gotcha I mean, if it did replace chess teachers, me personally, I'd be kind of okay with that. I mean, I enjoy doing this, but it's not the only thing I enjoy. So mm -hmm. personally, I'm fine with moving on. If an engine's able, if, if computer's able to do it better, and by definition, if they could do it as well as us, they could do it for everybody, right? Whereas right now, like our, our time and our outreach for the number of people who are interested in chess, it's like we're a drop in the bucket Right. Suddenly, everybody would have that. Great. Fantastic. I would love to see that overall. Um, so to me, that would actually be like a great thing, you know, and I would I would help that happen rather than fight against it. Right. So what we're kind of envisioning is like a stockfish, like mm -hmm. a free free engine that anyone can download that then comes with like little AI explanations when it gives you moves. That you yeah. can then maybe sure. yeah. uh, categorize like how much detail you want or whatever and then everyone would have access to that and yeah i don't know it's still and it would also do a deep dive on all of your games to tell yeah. you what your weaknesses so are. so there'd be two pieces right two major coaching pieces one is your profile in incredible useful depth for knowing yourself right and then the other piece would be being able to go position by position with you through your games if you wanted it to or any other games and explain to you why certain moves are right or wrong that's by far the harder problem um you know and another way we could lose our jobs here's another simple way <laughs> lose our job this one would actually touch my coconuts a little bit more um i really love our dojo training program i think it's a beautiful thing but imagine like the computer was given a gazillion games of a gazillion players of all different levels. And then it designed the training program. Mm -hmm. Oh, Eric oh. designed the universal training program. It said, you know, these are the things you needed to do. Well, maybe then maybe that's not even that far off. Sure. We could be all you could be all out of coconuts, Jesse. I could be all my coconuts. Could yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I feel like, um, well, in terms of the profile thing, actually, that's why I feel like we should really take advantage of the fact that people are uploading their classical games to our site and start generating stats and insights based on those. Because that's something that like, like the online sites aren't really going to have access to. Um, and I feel like that's something that people would really appreciate. Like, you play a bunch of classical games, you do the work of annotating them, you upload them to the site, and then you got a little AI coach telling you like, all right, you're scoring 56% with white, 27% with black, you know, maybe you got to work on your black openings. Oh, 68% against E4, 10% against D4. Yeah, maybe black against D4, right, is where you got to work, you know, just like that little thing, I think would, would go a long way um, for people to give them uh, a little more uh, direction. Definitely a lot more ham. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I think Jesse, if it, if it takes all our coconuts, that's fine. We just move on to something else. That's okay. Um, let me ask you guys, you know, do you, this is just a bigger question. What is your sense of bullishness on 
to the degree to which your intuition tells you that this is going to change society completely. So you want us to go beyond our sort of just our beyond chess lane the chess and just like, is this going to change everything? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it does. Like just the whole AI thing, just chat GPT doing everything, being integrated into everything. Feels like it's going to change a lot for sure. Like one way I, I think it would really, it really freaks me out is like when I think about my kids and um, like, you know, these things are ultimately going to become our friends. It's hard to imagine, but it's not too far off, right? That they're going to be, there's going to be, yeah, going to be like, you're going to be friends with some robot, dude. The robot might be really cool, man. And, you know, there's going to be like robot masseuses and stuff and robot servers. And I don't know, man, and they might be really cool people. <laughs> you're going to be like, you're going to have relationships with these things. Um, and that to me is, I guess, not that far off. That's mind blowing to me. That will completely change society. Um, in addition to the, when I just think of the way in which Alpha Zero changed chess, that there's going to be so many breakthroughs uh, happening using that kind of speed of development, right? Uh, the, another classic one that's already happened is like the AI identifies cancer in pictures much better than human doctors do, for example. And, the, you know, that what is that about? It's like identifying a pattern, seeing a bunch of patterns, getting positive and negative, and then figuring out what the deeper pattern is. And I feel like that's going to happen, boom, everywhere. Um, yeah. I also, you know, and then with military stuff, like some AI drone coming at you, boss, I think one of the interesting things about human history the last several thousand years is like, there was, there was uh, powers in power in numbers. Like if, if, if a nation or whatever, you know, you wanted to have a, 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 some kind of tyrannical force over you, if the people were upset enough, they could rebel. But if some AI drones coming at you, boss, I think you're done. I think there's no power in numbers anymore, man. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I don't know how far we want to wade into sci-fi and future prognostications outside of our chess lane but let's wait um, let's wait in <laughs> i think coast is afraid to like have on the record anything that he thinks but i'll say that what jesse's describing seems pretty plausible and worrisome to me um i don't know if you guys have read about this but a very very basic thing is um they have little like robots that can that can be a little like robot police yeah and there's there have been discussions about whether or not the little robots should be authorized to use deadly force or not so if you've got some kind of standoff with somebody instead of you know policemen coming around the corner and trying to apprehend the person who has a weapon you can have like a little robot just go around and kill them um it doesn't even just puts them down for a couple hours could also just put them yeah. down if they wanted yeah. to yeah. You know, so that's sort of like a, an ethical decision that, that humans are making at the moment. But, you know, I first answered to your question, yes, that it would change everything. How it changes everything matters so much, right? Who yeah. owns the AI? Who programs the ethical component of it? Mm -hmm. um, so far, the thing that I played around with online, like it would tell you things that were true or not true with absolute indifference. So it clearly hadn't been programmed anything around ethics or saying what it did or didn't know or when it was inventing something or when not. Mm -hmm. um, so <clears throat> I think that uh, you, the, <laughs> there's a really big question around who's going to own AI, who's going to deploy it, who's going to link it to uh, you know, real world uh, robots and, and other machines, right? As as Dritman said, there's like a big difference from having like a software that can process a bunch of information on a computer versus having a software that's running machines, right? And having robots and things going around. But you definitely have a huge danger that 
you know, if you've got a situation of like 10 elites running a country in a way in which 10 million people don't want that actually 10 people could be yeah. more powerful than 10 million. They could actually have so much control and power with AI and robots and stuff that there would just be no way to to storm the castle or, or overwhelm them ever. And that seems plausibly likely if we want to ask somebody who's not an expert on it at this point in history. That, that's sort of my feeling or guess. Yeah, I mean, the reason I feel that it's open to discussion for anybody is like uh, nobody really knows. And if anything, the chess players have, I think, a better view on this than other people out there. I've already, yeah. But we talked talked on that before. And by the way, the little drone doesn't have to, it just could it could just mellow you out, dog. Little pop, oh, mellow outcry. Mellow out. <laughs> mellow out. No need to get excited, boss. You know? Sedatives for all. <laughs> Let me show you an Instagram reel, boss. You know? Yeah. Um, so my concern, I agree with you guys, it's very scary. My concern. Is also about just kind of the society in general. I feel like we're definitely moving towards a lot more isolationism. And I think a lot of people are very excited about the idea of AI coaching because I think a lot of people, they like kind of doing it alone, right? They want to work on their chest. They just want to get the plan, just get the books, just do the thing. They don't want to do the sparring. They don't want to do like the interaction. If they could get just an AI coach to tell them like do this, this, and this, it's like, you know, um, they want to hunker down, you know, people are obviously spending a lot more time with their screens and uh, yeah, kids younger and younger, just like getting introduced to screens more and more. So that kind of feels like it's, it's heading in that direction. Also, there's this whole, um, you know, metaverse thing, metaverse, by the way, totally been dropped by, you know, a couple months ago, it was like all metaverse. Everyone was just talking about metaverse, this metaverse, that now it's AI. <laughs> Um, I feel like metaverse is still coming. I, I can't imagine they just stopped working on that. So I guess at some point we're all going to start putting on like goggles and wearing those all the time and interacting with the AI via the virtual, the virtual goggles. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a lot of, uh, I don't know, lonely time, <laughs> just, just alone time basically. Um, but maybe we'll be, yeah, interacting with each other vr or avatars well, i don't know i mean people are are definitely also wired to socialize i understand some people have some people may prefer isolation some people have some anxieties and it's nice to make things smooth and avoid anxieties but people may also still really want to interact i, I don't think it's clear which way that would go no, I agree with you. I just think it's been moving the isolationist route, especially with like with the pandemic, everything switched to like Zoom. Like you have a lot more like Zoom therapy versus in-person therapy. And yeah. It's like I think it's just going to keep going that direction. Mm -hmm. At least that's what it seems like. COVID, COVID definitely gave us a big push in that direction, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, sure. like one of the things that's interesting about that kind of distinction is like, well, maybe you could argue, you could really go the full route uh, and say, look, we're calling it artificial intelligence, but it will evolve to look very much like intelligence. It might even be better. So the AI friend you get might actually be a really cool person, might be a really cool person. Now to us, that might seem laughable, but think about it. Like, why do we think other people are any more interesting or rational than what this AI thing is going to become. <laughs> I think if it's like Alpha Zero, oh, it's going to be a cool friend, dog. It's going mm -hmm. to be a really cool friend to have. And so when you think too about, you could have all kinds of theories about whether humans have free will or not or yada yada, but like viewed from a distance, it's not clear to me that interaction with an AI is necessarily such a poor thing as contrasted to interaction with a human. Right. Yeah. Have you guys seen uh, Westworld on HBO? I, I couldn't get, no, I, me and David have kids, boss. You're the billionaire of time here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> great show. No, I mean, it's great in the sense like, yeah, yeah, it's, it, 
there was a lot of work put into it, <laughs> but it was, it was cool. There's like clones in it and like AI people and stuff. And it's, yeah, yeah. At some point you can't tell, you can't tell who's a person who's an AI, you know, right. there's no difference. When uh, there have been, there have been films made about the subject of, you know, once an AI develops a sense of consciousness, is it, or is it not, you know, a person or a being or whatever, you know, like what's, what's the distinction between its life and, and, and ours. Yeah, but and the other thing we gotta mm-hmm. we gotta talk about that's like on the horizon, definitely for chess playing, is what's being called the merge, right? <laughs> the merge, my friend. <laughs> so right, like, why do we think that there's gonna? We've been talking about it like two different things, like there's humans and then there's AI. But wait a second, obviously, they're gonna come together, right? Yeah. Um, in a similar way, like we can imagine the invention of books, it was kind of like an externalization of human intelligence or repository that in a way you could think of it, right? That book knowledge as being kind of inside us, definitely part of our culture. Mm-hmm. Well, my friend, definitely we're going to get some kind of merge and it's probably going to be inside of us, right? And then, I mean, it's going to be on, it's going to be way beyond taking steroids, my friend. It's going to be a whole nother level. Actually, have you guys ever seen Battlestar Galactica? The old one, yeah. Back in the day. Yeah, that was like a show where you couldn't tell the difference between the like oh, robots right, yeah. and the people, right? Right, right. Like they looked the same, they acted the same, they each had emotions and so forth. See, I really hate that. I really dislike that kind of trope, especially the shows and movies where it's like, someone's a person and then it turns out oh they were a robot all along it's like mm-hmm. no they weren't that's a human actor playing a human now you're telling me oh they were a robot the whole time and then the next scene it's like they're like all robotic and stuff and now it's like oh it's so obvious now it's like no get out of here they're a human they playing a robot playing a human okay it's not you didn't trick me they look like a human Anyway, that's yeah, just... the show's not the, the show that I'm mentioning doesn't say like you've been tricked and they don't start acting robotic. They're, they are very they are very people like. Right. Sounds cool. Yeah. I just wanted to yeah, just get that off my chest. And, uh, <laughs> OK. <laughs> public forum. <laughs> All right, you guys, that was great, man. That was beautiful. Yeah, we've okay. definitely we've definitely gone beyond our our area of knowing anything. Yeah. By this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, if people are still listening, then they're they're on board. They're on board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but cool. Well, thanks for listening. Speaking of, uh, don't forget to rate the podcast and we will catch you in the next episodes. Take care, everybody.